Welcome to The Voice of Trust, a podcast about consumer rights, trustworthy businesses, and updates on the latest scams throughout the Mid-South. Welcome to The Voice of Trust, brought to you by the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South, and I'm your special host, Todd. I have an exciting episode for you guys. Of course, it's February. It's Black History Month. I have an exciting interview with a black-owned accredited business, Bree, uh, from Lock Studio 18. And I will also be interviewing a really hot local influencer, no other than Unapologetically Memphis. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. But first, like always, I'm going to hit you guys with some consumer rights news. I definitely think should be on you guys' radar. This is crazy to me. So let's get into it, guys. So FTC, State of Florida Act to permanently shut down Grant Bay business grant scam. Oh, I love that name, Grant Bay. So operators of an alleged grant scam called Grant Bay that targeted minority-owned businesses will face a permanent ban from grant writing and business consulting services as a result of a lawsuit brought against them by the Federal Trade Commission in the state of Florida. Oh, it sounds messy. Let's get into it. So in their complaint against Grant Bay, the FTC in Florida alleged that Grant Bay and its owner, Trishana P. Graham, yes, whole government name, scam businesses out of money, sometimes thousands of dollars each with false promises of guaranteed grant funding and COVID-19 economic benefits that did not materialize. So, yes, she was out here scamming. So the defendants in the case, Graham and her company, C. Lee Enterprises, LLC, agreed to the terms of the proposed court order that would require them to stop grant-related services and business consulting also stop deceiving consumers they just said it flat out you're going to stop deceiving these consumers so that would prohibit defendants from making any misleading statements in connection with any product or services that they are selling y'all um and last but not least turn over property so this order will require the defendants to turn over a home a car and a watch to the court appointed receiver in the case Oh, girl, I know you and not scam out of this money. All you got is a house, a car, and a watch. So the order against Graham and Seeley Enterprises includes a monetary judgment of more than $2 million. Y'all, get into this. So the $2 million is going to be partially suspended due to unable to pay. So she's unable to pay the $2 million. And then on top of that, it was additional statements with one relief defendant contains another settlement of 115000 which is fully, y'all, fully suspended due to the not being able to pay. So pretty much if any of these defendants are found to have lied about their financial statuses, oh, the judgment, the judgment is going to be back into place and the money is going to be immediately due. So they are not playing with Mrs. Graham, okay? So, yes, think harder and smarter before you think about scamming our people especially minorities like come on girl why would you do something like that so I'm gonna pause before I get into my next consumer topic because this is not gonna be tea y'all it's gonna be Hennessy but before I get into that 
report. I don't know if you guys watch all the Netflix new movies, but we have to talk about it. You People was released a few weeks ago with Eddie Murphy, Nia Long, Jonah Hill, Lauren London, and it pretty much involves a Jewish man who didn't really have any luck with finding the ladies. So he has his podcast and his best friend, and he just so happened, Uber and one day come across a young lady, and then it grows into a romance leading into a wedding, and she just so happened to be a black girl. And, of course, this guy is Jewish, and this black girl is Lauren London. The Jewish guy is Jonah Hill, and her father is Eddie Murphy. Of course, everyone loves Eddie Murphy. He is hilarious, and he was very hilarious in this movie. But I can honestly say that there were zero chemistry between Jonah Hill and Lauren London. Like, okay, I understand Lauren London is currently going through some things, but, baby, you're an actor, Okay, and I get it. It's a Netflix specials. But when you're next to royalty like Eddie Murphy, you don't just do the bare minimum. And I feel like it was the bare minimum given. Like, of course, like they were styling and profiling. They had all these designer clothes, designer sneakers. Don't get me wrong. But it was so weird. Like the chemistry between Jonah Hill and Lauren, it was not there. And spoiler alert, because I'm going to ruin it if you haven't seen it. But I didn't even see how they got to the process of getting engaged, let alone married. Like, I seen, like, one tiny little smooch, and that because it was screenshotted and shared on Facebook. And now it's reports saying that it was artificial intelligence that made them kiss. Like, that's how much they were lacking the intimacy, the connection, that there are news reports out there saying that, they had to do artificial intelligence just to get them to kiss. Now, I get it. Like, Jonah Hill, he's not the sex symbol. He's not Brad Pitt. He's not Leonardo DiCaprio. He's not Matthew McConaughey. But fake it till you make it. Like, come on now. I love the fact that your hair, your outfits was on point. You know, the little weight gain. I love it. I love it. You look good, girl. But the on-screen chemistry was not there. Should have chose a different star. Uh, Jonah, you know, he's already been awkward since super bad days. We're going into two, almost 20 years of awkwardness. So we get that. That's what we expect. But Lauren London, please step it up. Um, other than that, everybody else was wonderful. To get off my tangent, if you watched You People and you agree with me, come on, y'all. <laughs> Send us an email at podcast at bbbofthemidsouth.org. Let's get into it. So next thing we're going to talk about is San Francisco. Reparation plan set for a public hearing, y'all. This was just announced February 6th. The meeting was February 7th. So this was a few weeks ago. We're talking in 2023, San Francisco. San Francisco's proposed reparation plans, which would give $5 million to each eligible black person will be publicly discussed for the first time at the city's board of supervisors meeting Tuesday afternoon. This meeting was set and it happened. So how to be eligible for the reparations? A person would need to be at least 18 years old and have identified as black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. They may also need to prove they were born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996. You must have lived in the city for at least 13 years and were displaced or descended of someone displaced from the city by urban renewal. So 
if you are descendant of San Francisco. So if your folks lived in San Francisco for generations, generations, they got moved out, you know, by, you know, gentrification, all of that stuff that's going on, you might be eligible. So the city is trying to make amends for previous actions that ultimately led to the lack of opportunities and displacements of a portion of the city's black populations. This is huge. San Francisco's urban renewal of the 1960s and 70s, for example, pretty much repurposed the black population in San Francisco Fillmore District, an area once known as the Harlem of the West, due to the jazz scenes. So... Black people made up 13.4% of the city's population in 1970. That has dropped to just 5.7% in 2021 census population. To determine the 5 million figure, the committee looked at the factors like income, wealth gap, specific incidents where black folks in San Francisco were legislated out of opportunity. They calculated this. It wasn't like, you know, we're just going to slap on the price. No. So since the plan's release, city supervisor Joel and Guardio has said the $5 million payment may not be feasible under current budget constraints. I get it. That's a lot of money. And who won't pay for it? That's the question. So the city has projected budget of $728 million from July through June 2025. So it looks like the reparations committee will continue to meet monthly before submitting its final proposal in June. From there, the board of supervisors will decide whether to accept, reject, or modify the plan. Y'all already know, I think they're going to modify the plan. I'm just going to be real. I'm going to keep it 100. When things like this start to happen for the black community, it gets us excited. It makes it seem like, you know, it's a chance for us because it's a lot of things that we've went through. We all know that we've been held back in, in certain instances in the past. So that speaks volumes. So, y'all, I am so excited. Before I introduce my new guests, as you all may know, I am born and raised in Milwaukee. I just moved to Memphis about three years ago. Yes, this year will make it three years. And when I first arrived to Memphis, I came across this Instagram page that was like everything Memphis related. And I'm like, oh my God, the name of the page is Unapologetically Memphis. And I know everybody and their moms know about their Instagram, their Facebook, Twitter, yep, Twitter as well. So when I came across this page, I had to immediately follow it because I'm like, I'm in Memphis. I need to know what's going <laughs> on. Who is who? Like, I need to know everything. So I felt like me following this page, I was going to get everything that I need. And I did. And so <laughs> when it came to us talking about like who's known in Memphis, who is the who of Memphis and me and Daniel, we used to have this conversation a lot. And I'm like, unapologetically Memphis. Like, everybody knows who that is. And he was like, well, who is behind that? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. So we have to do our research. So, like, we had this conversation, I want to say, fall of 2022. And so I said, I'm going to message them. Let's send them a Christmas gift. So, like, we randomly <laughs> sent unapologetically <laughs> Memphis a Christmas gift. And then it went from there. So... I just want to go ahead and introduce you guys to someone that I think is pretty much a staple in the Memphis community. We have the owner, the overseer of Unapologetically Memphis here, Marcus Cook. Hey, how y'all doing? Thank you so much for coming and visit the BBB. Have you ever been <laughs> to the Better Business Bureau before? 
No, I haven't. Okay. What do you know about the Better Business Bureau? Uh, y'all keep people in check. <laughs> <laughs> and see, a lot of people think that. You know, a lot of people think we're the police. Like, they will call up here. They think we're going to get a business shut down. They think we're going to come up to your door and be like, we're the Better Business Bureau. You need to <laughs> shut it down. But we're not. We're a nonprofit, of course. And we do keep businesses on their P's and Q's. We do call out businesses if they're not um, doing ethical things ethical practices so i'm glad that you do know a little bit about the better business bureau but let's get into it so when did you come up with an idea that you wanted to be an influencer or or did it kind of just fell into your lap tell us the start of unapologetically memphis uh, it really wasn't wasn't an idea it was just um showing love to memphis you know, i'm like riding around i worked for um aspire schools doing like electrical work yeah. So um, I was just riding around the city, you know, when I'd be going from school to school. Like, man, it's a whole lot in Memphis that people just look over. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe uh, somebody need to kind of start posting about it. So Right. So I, that was about 2019. So that's how we started. We just simple post saying, hey, this in Memphis, this happens in Memphis. Or I started posting about neighborhoods, and, man, it just started going crazy, like, Oh, I didn't know that about my neighborhood. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh. I said, we ain't got nothing to <laughs> represent the neighborhood. So I was like, okay. That when everybody just start flocking to the page. Yeah. And right before the pandemic too. So people didn't have no other choice but to be in their phones and exactly. consuming all of this videos and memes and everything. And like you said about neighborhoods, like I know like people in Memphis, I've only been here a short time, but people rep their neighborhoods, like, especially Orange Mound. Like, I had no idea (laughs) what an Orange Mound was or what it is. I'm thinking it's, you know, maybe a place or like a, you know, a a store, clothing store or something like that. And they said, no, it's a neighborhood. That's where I'm from. And I'm like, oh, okay, go ahead. (laughs) Do your thing. Do your thing. So, you came up with this idea. Was the name, did you have to come up with the name or was it kind of easy for it to come into your head or? Actually, the page first name was like the Black Book of Memphis because I was like, okay. Wow. You a black book mm-hmm. to kind of note everything. Yeah. And I was just riding around one day and uh, I think I seen something say unapologetically black. I'm like, hmm. Then I'm like, I just added the Memphis. I'm like, ah, that's the name. Perfect. <laughs> Hey, you done started a brand. Because actually, when I think of Unapologetically Memphis, I see, I went to Lane. So when you go to Lane, you know it's a lot of people from major cities like Milwaukee, Detroit, Memphis especially. Um, but I thought of Detroit. And you know what Detroit have? They have Detroit versus everybody. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much their brand. So when I came to Memphis, I'm thinking – unapologetically Memphis, that's their brand. Cause I'm seeing people, you know, they're repping it. They all about it. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel when I say that, that as an outsider, that your brand reminds me of something that's huge. Cause Detroit versus everybody that's huge in Detroit. So how does that make you feel when you're compared to bigger other city brands like that? It's, it's kind of crazy. You know, <laughs> um, when I, when I came up with the logo, I was like, mm, I went through a few, and I looked at the logo, I was like, the bridge and the pyramid, I was like, that's Memphis. Yeah. You know, like when I went to Washington, me and my wife went to Washington. So, okay. Um, when we got to like the Washington Monument or whatever, everybody mm-hmm. was like, where you from? Like Memphis. Oh, the place with the pyramid. Like, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. See, and yeah, that's so what everybody like, okay, knows so, Memphis, so pyramid. Yeah, so the pyramid, I like, I know Pajigal Memphis, you got to have that pyramid in there. And the bridge, you know, the M bridge, you like, you got to have that. Exactly. And I noticed that as well. Like, and I see now you got on your Unapologetically Memphis merch. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to talk about the website a little bit later on, but I love some of the designs that you came up with. But one of the things that I also noticed is that Memphians, they love the Memphis Tigers. And I love how your designs kind of reflect off of that. So it makes people even want to rep it even more. I noticed that you're growing such a big following do you have like anything far as like community wise coming out or some ideas that maybe you want to get out for like the community? Uh, what's crazy is, uh, you know, the other day they had to the post about um, the young man that was going to jump off the bridge or whatever. Yeah. So we actually putting something together right now to uh, send him a lot of stuff to kind of help him on his journey since, uh, you know, he was saying life was tough. Yeah. So, man, it was so many people reached out like, hey, uh, let's can we uh, do something for the young man? So mm-hmm. we end up finally getting contact with him like yesterday, and got uh, a lot of his information. So uh, Chef Tam and everybody kind of been coming to me like, hey, you can drop it over here. So we getting it all set up so people can drop drop it off, and uh, we gonna take it to him when everybody drop it, all their products off. That's amazing. That's amazing, especially the fact that you can use your platform to you know get the word out, let them know like this is what's happening. What can we do to help this young man? Because it, it takes a community, like a lot of people say, it takes a village. Because yeah. he's pretty young, going through a lot of hardship. And a lot of other people in the community goes through some, something similar. So I'm glad that we have people like you in the community that can use your platform and get some, some greater good going on. So I love to hear things like that. So what do you have next in store for unapologetically memphis now i know we kind of talk about community based wise but i wanted to say like in regards to your website now i had took a look at your website and i noticed that you have a lot of merch like bumper stickers and then t-shirts and hats do you plan on partnering with anyone in regards to Uh, your merch well you know um unapologetically Memphis, we we plan on partnering with anybody that's that's willing you know yeah. It, it ain't just a us thing. It's just trying to, it's the name, like, we should be all together. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, it ain't a separate thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, like you said, it's community. It's trying to build and uh, make everybody just look at Memphis a whole lot better. Right. And I, so I want those accredited businesses that are out there listening, just always know that Unapologetically Memphis are always looking for partnerships and things of that nature. And they have a really big following in Memphis. Like, all of the locals, they love it. And so I honestly see big for you. Um, and I'm not like no profit or anything like that, but I honestly see big for the brand. Like I see, I can see unapologetically Memphis in the Memphis Grizzlies, like in their merchandise section and all of these. So that's big. That's huge. Any other thing you want to add about what you're most proud of in the course of four years? Uh, I'm glad that it uh, kind of bring the community together. Like you see more people like, um, uh, want to know about the community more right and the page grew into that because <laughs> it was just like i was saying it was just shouting out neighborhoods telling you about restaurants and it just steady of all like in, in these last four years i'm like man i was just doing this to have fun at home <laughs> right to now uh i'm gone somewhere all day all every day now like I'm like man i didn't think this was gonna turn into a business for real yeah <laughs> how does your family feel about it uh, I always tell my wife, I was like, in the beginning, you didn't see this. Mm-hmm. Like, 
man, I don't know what you're spending money on that for. So now she kind of like, man, everybody, everybody want to know you. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then soon, like, because a lot of times uh, people see the brand and they don't know the person behind it. And I think sometimes that's huge. And I know sometimes people like to be secretive. You know, we don't want to know who's behind it. But I think it's great. You know, Mark has been on a few podcasts locally, which is great. Do you have anything in the works for the summertime? I, I feel like I work for you. I got ideas and stuff <laughs> like that. Like you gonna maybe have a basketball tournament or maybe like a summer camp or anything like that. Any type of ideas like that? Uh, people have been asking for an event. So um, what, what we planned for an event was like uh, 9 or 1 day uh, this year. You know, 9 or 1 day getting big in Memphis. So we plan on uh, putting something together for 9 or 1 day since everybody embraces it now. So Oh, yes. Uh, we're going to do that. And we got a couple of more events. Uh, a couple of DJs, they, they reached out to me like, hey, can you do an unapologetic Memphis event? Like, uh, it's possible, you know what I'm saying? We just got to put it together. Yeah. And, of course, have investors and people that's going to sponsor because the people behind you, the mm-hmm. money behind you and all of that. So if you guys have ideas out there, your business, and you want to, you know, maybe collaborate, hit Marcus up. He might be available for it. He might be open to it. So let's get into some other stuff that's a little bit better business bureau related so we do talk about scams so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a question so we talk about scams a lot on our podcast so the question to you would be have you ever been scammed and if you've been scammed what happened uh i haven't yet (laughs) okay that's good that's great we love a person that has not been scammed so do you know who this call is someone's trying to scam you Guessing you all. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. You can give the Better Business Bureau a call. Yes. We have a scam tracker system. So a lot of times, you know, people get contacted via email or phone with some crazy scams. And so a lot of people come and report it to us. And we'll always release it through our scam tracker report. But a lot of times we talk about it on our podcast. So anything special you're doing this month for Black History Month or no? Man, uh, I try to post a little something about People from Memphis that's uh, in black history that we really don't hear about a lot. Yes. So um, I hadn't been as consistent as I was with it last year, but I try to put out a little info info on that through, throughout the month. So. Oh, yes. I appreciate that. I actually shared that on our Instagram. Unapologetically Memphis has found a they created a form that has all the black owned restaurants that's locally in Memphis and. That's kind of hard to put together because a lot of people don't know who's all black on and who's not black on. So thank you for that. We we love to see stuff like that. Um, I got to give Tasting with a Breeds a credit with that, you know, and they they put it together. So and people were like, hey, you left off this. Like, <laughs> man, it's hard to put everybody on here. Yeah. <laughs> OK. You have a website, Unapologetically Memphis, as well as all your socials. You know, where could people, you know follow you directly or if they have some questions or want to link up with you how would they be able to contact you uh we got facebook instagram tiktok you can reach us almost on any platform you know we all we almost everywhere that uh people do use on the regular right so um our, our information in the bio so the phone number to call me and email address it's all in the, it's all in the bio so it, it ain't hard to contact me people like uh, I don't know how to get in trouble like it's in the bio. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yes, because you know a lot of people don't read. They just go straight to it. That's why I was like, 
let me just go straight to his inbox. He probably gonna be like, why is the Better Business Bureau asking for my address? But I'm like, I want to send you a gift. We appreciate everything that you're doing for the city of Memphis. So we love it. We love having you on. Hopefully we can do something together in the future. Maybe we do a co-branding event. You're all about the community. We're all about the community. And we have to work together sometimes. So, hey, I'm excited. I love the brand. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, you Need an impressive space for your next meeting? Consider the BBB of the Mid-South. We offer great rates for members and non-members. We have three different rooms you can select from. The largest accommodates seating for up to 60 theater style and 40 people classroom style. This room has the latest AV system with a 72-inch wall-mounted screen and remote-controlled camera perfect for webinars or large Zoom meetings. At the BBB campus, we also have two boardrooms you can rent with seating for up to 10 people. Next time you want to have a meeting, instead of going to the coffee shop, make a big impression with your clients and have the meeting at the Better Business Bureau. Rates start as low as $20 an hour. We're conveniently located in Germantown. Call us today and book your next meeting. 901-757-8628. Of course, it's Black History Month, and we have a lot of Black-owned accredited businesses. One owner in particular, she caught my eye because she came to our Christmas party. She was full of spunk, sass, and I loved her energy. <laughs> and I thought, why not have her on the show this month? So without further ado, I want to introduce Bree, the owner of Lock Studio 18. Hi, Bree. Hey. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come and <laughs> chill with us, talk business and pretty much everything that's related to being accredited as well as your start in the game and all of that. So thank you so much for coming. And I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you. Yes. Yes. I love it see y'all y'all gonna love this interview so let's get it started let's get it started Bree so how long have you been doing here okay so I'm gonna say license wise it is going on eight years wow but unofficially I kind of started in elementary when you know my sister was braiding my hair and it was getting to the point where I'm like my hair is tight I need to figure <laughs> out something <laughs> I need to figure out something else so you know I know got into just really doing it in elementary playing with my dolls you know when it got to middle school high school playing around in my head but also a few friends head but I didn't take it seriously mm-hmm. fun fact I took cosmetology 10th and 11th grade okay I got kicked out I'm gonna be honest okay because I want folks <laughs> I mean things happen so um my plan a was honestly forensic it was not hair really plan b was hair Okay. Yeah. And what uh, you was gonna do with forensics? I wanted to be I wanted to be them people on CSI and stuff. Oh, I did. Investigator. But I found out I was pregnant like right a few months after I graduated high school. So okay. um yes, I was like, Yeah, I can't go off to college. So I had to stay here in Memphis and I was like, Okay. So I did one semester at Southwest for forensic, but after I had my child, I didn't go back. After I had him, I was like, mm-mm. Right. So I went into hair school. That was, I went into plan B. 
Okay. And you, it just took off from there. Yes, it took off from there. See, that's a blessing. See, that's a testimony right there. It is because now that I look at, I love my crime shows, but mm-hmm. I was like, I don't think I would have been able to be on scene. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> but the fact that you actually took a class and you didn't, you know, just throw the idea out. You actually went, you went to school and you tried it and you was like, you know what? It's not for me. And it happens. A lot of times people go off to college and they get these degrees and then they graduate. See, I got a lot of colleagues now where they got these degrees and they don't do anything in their field. So the fact that you were able to test it out uh, and not waste any money, might I add, (laughs) not waste any money or time, but you ended up finding what you really want to do, which was passionate about. And it's funny because I thought I was going to do hair back when I was in high school. And then, like, I was like, I... I should have because it's a billion dollar industry. So, girl, it you is. lucked up. It it's is. a billion dollar industry. And I wish I would have followed what I planned because I was like, yes, I'm going to get my business license, go to hair school, open me up a hair salon. Like, that was the dream. And then I was like, ah, no, I'm going to get into media. Don't get me wrong. Yes, it's money in hair game. But now that social media has came full force, I need someone to edit my content to put me on this podcast to put my business out there so i need you too let's talk about it because i've been seeing that go viral like i seen a a young lady post go viral about how she's an old school hairstylist and she said you know with all this social media out and i have to have video she's like i don't even want to do that I just want to do hair. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like she was saying like she feels like she shouldn't have to have a degree in media or something like that in order to do hair. How do you feel about that? So when I first started, you had your Facebook, Instagram, this and that. Yeah. But I just need to post a a picture of my work. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to book her. Mm -hmm. Now we're at the point where it's like. I got to show you a day in the life of me. I got to show you a get ready with me. I got to show you a lot right now. Mm-hmm. So word of mouth is good, but now I need to connect with you on social media too. Mm-hmm. Like my clients, they are my walking media, but people want to see, okay, what's her work look like? Because you got to trust that you're coming to the right person. You want to, Research them. So word of mouth is cool, but also research. And so social media gives you that research about somebody. But do you feel like it's a whole nother job? And and besides you doing hair and then I have to make all these content videos. Do you feel like that's a whole nother job added to your job? So being an entrepreneur, you have a lot of hats. Yes, that's true. So what people don't realize is being a business owner, entrepreneur, it's a lot versus if I'm clocking in on somebody else's clock, it's okay. I come in, I do these boxes, I produce this, and I'm going home. Right. But as a business owner, I'm a social media designer, I'm a content creator, I'm a graphic designer, I'm a bookkeeper, I'm a tax preparer, I'm everything until I get the money, get the team behind me to just be like, huh, here you go, do all that. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is. Being an entrepreneur, you have to stay down for the come up and you have to be oh. the only one man show in order to see the bigger picture. Yes. 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 So, I mean, there is a difference between stylists who've been in the game 20, 30 years versus us who just coming in. It is a whole different ballgame. But like you said, sometimes I be like, I don't want to have to do all this for you to come get my business. <laughs> right. Because I remember <laughs> Yeah, like when you first said when first when Facebook came out, was just all it took was one picture to go viral and everybody mm-hmm. want to book you. Now you have to 
have the the model have to have their makeup on the hair, like everything has to be together the outfit yes. and the videos and i see now girl now i follow girls that do hair videos they starting to do tiktok dances with the girl hair undone yes. and then yes. at the end of the tiktok dance the girl hair done and i'm like <laughs> lord have mercy all of this like if i'm if i'm in your chair i'm like baby no i'm not doing no dance don't take no picture i don't even like when my beautician take pictures of me because i'm i'll be looking crazy like do i look this way do i look that way and yeah so no I, I i can say that i'm one of those people Ah, girl, if your picture is on point, I'ma come book. It don't have to be a video. I don't have to do a TikTok to get my service done. But the younger generation, they love it. So what are you most proud of since opening your own studio? I mean, I'm proud of myself because actually tomorrow makes four years that I've been full-time as an entrepreneur. Wow. Um, You're almost at that five-year mark. I feel like what I'm most proud of is... Honestly, I was that person that would quit a job. But I'm going to have some bags up, I'm going to be honest. Okay. But I was, I quit probably like twice before trying to do full-time. It did, did not work out. I was back at a warehouse serving tables and stuff. But that last time I said, this is it. I said, but if you go back, it's okay. But let's try this one last time. And I put that two-week notice in. And I ain't look back since. So I'm mostly proud wow. that with everything that has been thrown at me and days that I have wanted to give up, I am proud that I'm, like you said, I'm still four years in because a lot of small businesses don't make it. Mm-hmm. So I'm most proud of just myself. <laughs> hey, I'm proud of you, girl. Because as millennials, one thing about us, if we don't like something, we're going to leave. And you had this goal in your mind like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And look, you're crushing it. You yes. you are accredited. And a lot of times it's hard for people to be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get my business accredited. I'm going to do it legit way. It's hard to go from doing hair in your house and then having yeah. your own brick and mortar location Mm -hmm. and then having clients and then you're doing it all by yourself so you Mm -hmm. don't have hairstylists or you know a front desk person but I know you're gonna get to that point I feel like this is motivations to whoever out there listening because honestly some of the jobs they wanted to promote me in my head I was like don't I'm don't promote me because I ain't gonna be here long yeah look I ain't gonna be here long I see bigger for myself (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't see a promo in my future. I see my own business in my future. It's like, yeah, I want you to promote me. I'm thankful that you're looking at me and my work acne. Mm-hmm. But please, I'm be honest. I ain't going to be here long. Right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the services that you offer. So I am a full cosmetologist, but I had to niche down. Okay. You know, even though I'm a cosmetologist, I can do anything where it's colors, relaxers nails i can do all that because i'm a full cosmetologist Mm -hmm. but as i was learning that if you take that one thing that you're good at Mm -hmm. like if you're a braider and you real good at stitch braids take that and run with it right if you good at silk presses take that and run with it people don't understand that if you niche down it's great you can capitalize off because you can be the best Silk presser in Memphis. Oh, you sure can. <laughs> and capitalize off of Capitalize it. off yes. it. Whether it's doing a class on it, whether it's getting a product line on it, you can niche down. It's nothing like, there's really nothing wrong with doing everything, 
But when you get good at that one thing, people going to be like, yeah, that's her. She the silk press queen. Yeah. I thought I wanted to do everything, but <clears throat> I was doing braids. And so I was dibbling, dabbling in locks. And then it came to a point where my daughter's dad, you know, he had locks. Well, he still has them. But I was in her school. I'm like, I don't know about no locks. And what's locks for those out there that don't know what locks is? So people call them dreadlocks, but it's really, just say locks. It's just locks. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I yeah, love locks. It's nothing dreadful about locks. Okay. Nothing at all. But so I was maintenance his hair, just trying to learn the shampoo process, the retwisting, the styling. And of course, he, he became my walking advertisement. And people were like, who doing your hair? So that's how it came about. So I just was like, I was getting booked more for locks than it was braids. So I was like, okay, then. And then one of my coworkers was like, okay, okay, bro, you, you going to style my locks? I'm like, girl, I ain't never started no locks. Why is you trying to get me to mess up your hair? She was like, girl, I got faith in you. Just come on, I'm ready. <laughs> so I started her hair, and then it just went from there. It just capitalizing off. This one little thing. And now I'm still working to perfect my craft. But now everybody's like, I love your parts. I love your parts. I, I need you to start my locks because I know your foundation is lit. Oh, my God. So it went from me not having the confidence of doing some starter locks. Now everybody's like, oh, yeah, I need you to start my locks. That's why I say it's good to niche down. But... You know, it's up to you what you want to do. Some people want to do everything, and there's nothing wrong with that. But right. if you niche down, it gives you a better way to, like, capitalize. Okay. I love it. So it's kind of like it almost fell into your lap, you should yeah. say. Yeah. Because it wasn't even on your radar, and then it just kind of like, okay. So what is the youngest clients you ever done locks on? My services start at 6. So I do starter locks. I do lock maintenance. But now I'm getting back into the health of hair. Oh, yes. You have to start at the root of it. And that's the healthy part of it. So I'm currently in school now to be a certified trichologist. To okay. actually, I just don't want to be put in. And this is no disrespect to, you know. No shade. No shade to new age stylist. But I just do not want to be put in that new age stylist category mm-hmm. when well, we all know i am not one of them <laughs> <laughs> we don't wash no hair we don't expect no hair come braided come clean come oil come shampoo come all that like no like i no i'm really like i want to take care of your hair while you're in my chair but also give you the tools to take care of your hair when you're at home because a lot of people don't know those things so i'm just getting back into like the health of hair i love it and i sure was going to ask like what are your future plans or something you coming out with soon but it's like you are in school to pick up another skill set i know everybody asking as far as like lock classes so i'm getting back into that pushing that out pushing product I do want to, so honestly, I'm about to revamp everything. So it won't be Lock Studio 18 anymore. Okay. Once I get everything together, it it will be a new name. So just um, revamping everything to take my business seriously because I'm thinking like, yes, I'm a small business, but what if 
man, what if Sally's, Cosmo Pro, Target want to pick my product line up? Yes. I got to be prepared for that. So my household name, yeah. That's what I'm, like, really thinking about, like, on a... What they say, scale. you gotta think big. Think yes. big. So I love it. So yes, doing like events like braid certification classes. So I'm working on a couple of things this year because I mean I gotta get back to it. <laughs> well, my last question would be is why did you choose to be accredited? Do the better business girl. I mean, I feel like it would bring I'm like, if I can get accredited it. It will boost my business, but also make it look like, yeah, she about her business. She legit. Also get myself reviews. And yes, because everybody trusts the BBB. So yes. when they're looking for somebody, yes. they're going to find you. And they're going to be like, okay, she's she's with the BBB. So I know she's mm-hmm. a trustworthy business. I know she's ethical. I know she provides ethical practices. So yes. great. Because I know a lot of times people, especially our generation, mm-hmm. they think like the BBB is only for I need help after the fact and okay. not knowing that, Hey, you can find me and I ain't did nothing bad. I just say, Hey, okay. if you need a lactation, you can find me. So, Hey, that's great to know. So how can people, how can our audience find you? What's your hours of operation? What's okay. your best contact information? If they want to maybe do a consultation or they need to mm-hmm. schedule you, how do they reach out to you? Where can they find you? So that you can find me on Instagram under lock studio 18, which is, L-O-C Studio 18. Also on Facebook, Lock Studio 18. My phone number will be 901-512-1575. Or if you follow the BBB, you could just check out my profile on them to find more information about me. Period. But also it goes back to your question about being accredited. Also being surrounded by more people to open more doors for me. Yes. I also feel like... Being a part of an organization, a corporation, like get yourself in rooms with people you didn't even think you were going to be around. You never know where this could go. So I don't know what being accredited, where it will take me, but I just, I'm going to find out. Yes. (laughs) And I love how you say big rooms because we have a lot of big ABs. So the fact that you can network with bigger industries and maybe Mm -hmm. partner with these other companies and offer things and then they can offer you something. So, hey. And partnerships is the thing now. It is. Everybody partnering up. Yes. So you never know what it can take you. Like, partner with somebody. Don't be afraid. I don't care if they do the same thing as you. Baby, you don't know where it can take you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But last question before we get out, and we always ask this question. It's a fun question. Okay. Have you ever been scammed before? Have I ever been scammed? Yes. No. Okay. No. no. That's good thing. You know what? No. Yes, I have. Okay. No, I'm going to say. Tell us your scam story. So this was around the time I needed a car, like car bad. Okay. And we were on, was it on Craigslist or something? Oh. They were like, go purchase the Amazon gift cards and stuff to do. Oh, Look, I got you with the gift cards. That was the time, like, like I said, needed a car, trying to get back and forth to work. I ain't trying to depend on nobody. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, man, come to find out we could. And we, of course, we couldn't take the uh, cars back to Walgreens. Right. So basically, we were just sitting there with Amazon cars, and we just we we just took those cars and just went uh, shopping. On, yeah, Christmas yeah. shopping with the like, gift oh, cards. Whew. And I was just, like, I'm glad y'all what? didn't give them the person the gift cards because they would have been <laughs> oh. So yes, I have, but yeah, like that was just so fun. I was like, well, I'm glad this was to Amazon because we could just go Christmas shopping for the kids, and, you know, 
still get out. Those scammers, they know they slick trying to get you to give them some gift card for a car. But now, like, I be so cautious when I see, like, double pages or something. Like, if they just say somebody Instagram, I already follow them, and then I'm seeing another page. Uh-uh, or you get in my inbox about some bitcoins and this name. No. Mm-mm. No, thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate that happened, but the good thing is that y'all got to spend the money how y'all wanted to, even though it was yeah. through Amazon. Didn't get took, but it was almost taken. It so. was. I, I was just like, man. <laughs> oh, But, yeah, like I said, I'm glad it was through Amazon and not nothing that I couldn't use the money for. So, Aww. yeah. But yeah, that's my story. Okay. (laughs) Well, Brie, thank you so much for coming on to the Voice of Trust podcast. Thank you. She already dished out how you can contact her, how you can reach her. So if you know anyone looking to get some lock or any type of hair care, reach out to my girl. Thank you all for tuning in to the Voice of Trust podcast with me, the special host, Todd. I hope you guys enjoyed the interviews with Unapologetically Memphis. Check him out. Facebook, Instagram, as well as my girl Bree with Lock Studio 18. Thank you so much for joining us and being a guest. We really do appreciate it. And y'all, do y'all research on them consumer rights news. If you guys have questions or concerns, call us at the Better Business Bureau, 901-759-1300. We're here for you. And like always, it's been real. Peace. You've been listening to The Voice of Trust, a podcast produced by the Better Business Bureau of the Mid-South and recorded at the BBB Mid-South Podcast Studio in Memphis, Tennessee. Check us out at BBB.org.